Kelsey, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's been a little while. I know. Uh, and this is great timing, right? Because we are kind of like, you know, five, six weeks into the new year. And this is kind of around the time where uh, it starts getting difficult or obstacles start arising, regardless of what your, you know, uh, New Year's resolutions or goals kind of were. So um, I don't know. Uh, R, sorry, yeah, good, good call no, there. What they were, <laughs> uh, but I'm excited to kind of dig into that a little bit. Um, and and I know you and I have talked off air a little bit about uh, some things you can pay attention to to bring awareness to it. So um, yeah, thanks for doing this. Yeah, um, well, this seems to be the time where people fall flat on their faces, essentially, or fall off the wagon. That's the term that everybody is using. Um, and I think that the reasoning for it, or I mean, not the reasoning for it, but it's it's difficult, one, to stay on a strict diet. So if at the first of the year you started this, you know, Whole30, well, you're probably ready to go mow down on some mac and cheese and whatever else <laughs> <laughs> at this point. So I think that... Um, after people, you know, they make a certain amount of progress or they diet hardcore or just really, really focus on, you know, getting results for a short period of time. And then there comes a time where you just want to doing it. And it becomes like a repetitive cycle that I hear so many of my clients struggling with and um, so many people that reach out to me on social media struggle with. So it's definitely an issue. Yeah, it's uh I guess it's it can be a little bit exacerbated especially if you're doing kind of a protocol like like whole 30 or anything that's very restrictive. Um like I did I did a cleanse a couple weeks back and that was definitely very restrictive and Did you uh, after? I I didn't actually because I was too scared to. I was like I don't know what is going to yeah. I was like I don't know what is going to happen. So, uh like and I knew kind of before I started it like okay, there's like this progression you kind of have to follow and it's very specific and whatnot. But like the tendency for sure like the cravings and stuff that I had was was totally uh apparent, right? Cuz you're just you you kind of like wipe away the caffeine or the sugar or whatever you kind of cut out in in something like whole 30 or other protocols um and so when you kind of like have the first taste of it again it's just it can it can be uh i don't know it can be it can be a rabbit hole that you kind of go down so uh we were talking about emotional eating right and and kind of like the different ways that can manifest itself um and how, um, yeah, I don't know. I think everybody to some extent maybe has, has dealt with this, whether it's like you're conscious of it or not. Um, but what's been kind of your experience with, um, how you've seen it kind of happen either for yourself or with clients you work with? Um, I would say that I've seen it. I, I see it in my clients mostly when not even necessarily when they're being restrictive either. Like, I think that we like sometimes will eat more than we're truly hungry for and you wonder why but it's because like in the moment when you're eating french fries or whatever it is that's like you know hits your sweet spot you don't want to stop because it's obviously it's hitting your pleasure sensors and I think that like if you're I don't know if you're missing something in your life then some some people will replace that with food whether it's 
sweets or um, salt or whatever it is, like there's something missing or there's some kind of like expression, like there's some kind of emotion that they're not expressing. Um, not, and this isn't with everybody, of course, but I've just noticed this a lot with the people who reach out to me and they don't understand why they just can't stop eating or why they always fall off the wagon and binge so hard. And they tell me everything they ate and I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, how did you even fit that in your body? Like I've done it. (laughs) No, I've done it many times. But like when I think about it, it's definitely related to something like emotional because, um, if you actually like dig deep and like think about, all right, well, what was going on that day or before for me, it'd be like more of a happy emotion. I'd be like, Oh, I'm really excited that the Pats just won. So I'm just going to like eat all the cupcakes and the chicken wings. And then before you know it, it's like, I would say I've fallen off the wagon. But for me, I am in this place now where I, I do choose healthy food on a regular basis and I mostly intuitively eat. So that I just, you know, get right back on track. I think that's the best approach to take. And that's what I tell my clients to do. Do you notice um, that there are, like, after that happens, right, where you, let's say, fall off the wagon, or you have, you know, all the cupcakes and wings and all that type of stuff, uh, that there is, like, what's the internal kind of dialogue at that point sound like? Because I feel like for a lot of people, it can be very uh, self-defeating in a way, right? Which is like, oh, man, like, I, you feel like you went completely off the rails or off track, and it kind of affects how you, how you're viewing yourself. And you kind of need a coach kind of like yourself or somebody who is able to kind of navigate that, that with you. But is that something that ever pops up is um, kind of post, you know, post, post binge or whatnot, where you start to kind of like, uh, you need to kind of get yourself back into the mindset of, hey, like, that was, it's okay, I'm going to start back uh, from this point and kind of build my way back up or whatever the the protocol is to be able to get somebody back to kind of where they were. Um, Are there ever any challenges with that that kind of pop up? You mean challenges with getting back on track? Like, when you've fallen off the wagon. Yes. Yeah, I definitely think that, like, it's a repetitive cycle for some people. I know it used to be for me. Like, you know, you uh, you fall off the wagon. You're like, all right, I'm going to be good. Good for a week, maybe two, whatever. But then it happens again. And then you're like, all right, time to start over. And again and again and again. And you're like, I wonder why I'm not making any progress. I can't figure it out. I don't seem to know why. But, um, so, and, and like, you can be you know, the rule 80, 20, it's a real thing, but some people can be like, I'm, I'm good most of the time, but I also do this, this, that, and this. And it's like, well, when you're doing that, like how much are you actually overeating and why? Like it's not like there's, I think it, it's just not normal to eat more than your body's hungry for, but we all do it because things taste good. Like, and, um, I think that in order to just get back on track, you just literally have to forgive yourself, like skip the guilt, like it happened, whatever, it's in the past, like everybody does it, it's gonna happen again at some point, but like don't dwell on it, just move on. And then from there, like if my clients, like my clients are usually very honest with me about like like how their weekend was or whatever, and I tell them just to get some quality sleep, like sleep it off, hydrate as much as possible even though like the last thing you probably want to do is like guzzle water but just hydrate as best you can and then just prioritize your protein and your fiber like 
that's the simplest thing to do. Stay away from processed stuff. Like cleanse your body of that, you know? Yeah, I like that. I think um I think the the key thing that you mentioned a little earlier was like uh noticing what happened uh before you went kind of uh after the cupcakes and wings or like what was around you like what was the environment kind of like and getting some awareness of of that um because over time i'm sure um you know maybe it's it's the client or maybe it's you as the coach like you can start to kind of notice some trends right or something kind of might pop up into your awareness around like oh uh you know at three o'clock every day is when i reach for the twizzlers and uh <laughs> it's it's like the time that i have to go pick up my kids from school and i don't know like maybe that's like a really right crazy stressful time in your day and 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 you don't really know that until you do start taking some of this into account and, and observing like oh i didn't even know it was actually i was having twizzlers every day at three three o'clock or whatever um yeah. until you kind of see it written down like that right and most i i think honestly like 95 percent of the people that um i hear about this happening to they don't even actually realize it like for the longest time, I didn't either because I, I kind of used to do the same thing. I would diet really, really hard and then I would be like, oh, I you know, I can't have all of these foods. So I've only got a day or two to get them all in. So, of course, I've got to eat them all. But it's like if you even create a wagon, like there should be no wagon. It's just, you know, a, a lifestyle that you live. And sometimes you're if you want to call it good and then bad, whatever. But um I think that like the patterns that I see mostly is with people, one, they're either bored, like they have too much time on their hands or something like you said, there's a, like, I don't want to call it a stressor, but I guess it could be a stressor. Like in a situation like that, they feel like they need some pleasure, I guess. And before they have to deal with whatever is going to stress them out or after something stresses them out at work or whatever, they just want to like eat how they want to feel. And that's not the way to do it. You've got to occupy yourself with other things and find other things that like bring you pleasure. So um, I definitely think that that's like majority of what I see. But for me personally, like I said, it was like a happy related thing, like a celebration, like, oh, you know, um, it's my friend's birthday. And even though I've been so good, so clean for like four or five days, I <laughs> this is an excuse to ruin it all because everyone's excited and I should just do it. But I'm really like, I can have a little bit, but I don't need to like stuff my face and eat way more than I'm actually hungry for. Yeah. Uh, how do you, how do you like when you are working with your clients to figure some of this stuff out, right? What are some of the things that you are telling them to kind of keep track of or be aware of? Um, like what are the things that you're kind of prompting them to pay attention to? Um, definitely what's, what's going on now. How are you feeling? What happened before? What time of day is it? Um, you know, is there something later on going in the day, uh, like something going on later in the day that, um, you know, you're either looking forward to or not maybe. Um, and then I always ask, like one of the questions that my clients always check in with is like, how are you, how are you feeling overall? this has made it stick out to me is that every single time they were bad, something happened. Like they were like, Oh, um, you know, I had this really stressful day at work or whatever. Um, my boss did this, that, and the other thing, or I went to a fight with my boyfriend and blah, blah, blah. 
or vice versa. Like, you know, there was some kind of event that caused them to just fall off the wagon. So that's why, that's what led me to believe that this is somewhat like emotional, you know, because we, we normally, like when, when you're um, structured, when your days are like planned out, like you have your regular say nine to five work day, you're good, right? Well, but at least that's what I hear. Like you're good, you're on track. Um, you don't overeat because, you know, your days are just as planned and you have no, like no leeway to just like veer off or fall off the wagon. So I definitely like them to write it down. Most people like kind of give me a hard time with this actually, because it's, it's impossible to really know what it is unless you actually write it down. And because it's not something people normally think about, like, you know, unless I tell you to. So getting them to just notice that and write it down is very helpful. So I've known like, that's pretty much the biggest thing that, um, I've like realized that that can make a difference in figuring out like what the trigger is. Yeah. Cause, cause you do need kind of like a, a 360 degree view of this thing. And it could even go back to like something like, um, you know, you slept, you had a bad night of sleep or like you slept for like four or five hours or something. And those days are the ones where you also notice like, whoa, you don't feel like eating healthy, you have more cravings for sugar or whatever the case might be. Um, but that's something I think things like that, that you're mentioning, which is like, oh, um, you know, these events that kind of happen, maybe some of them are regular, maybe some of them are kind of like, you know, happen once in a while. But then from that point, I guess is where you could potentially start to like, have a backup plan maybe, right? Or start to see, okay, what, what, how am I going to kind of handle this the next time that this arises? Um, if, and when it does, does that, is that something that you guys, um, dig into at all or how, how do you kind of view, uh, view that and working with clients on that? You mean like, so if somebody falls off the wagon and they're like, um, like, what do I do now? Like, a lot of people will ask me about um, like cleanses and things like that. And most of the ones that I've seen, I'm like, if you're going to spend a lot of money on this, like it's just, it's probably not worth it. But the best thing to, to actually cleanse, like I'm a big fan of celery juice. Like I know not everybody has a juicer, but like if I've had a bad weekend or whatever, which, you know, the, the Super Bowl was just this past Sunday. So of course I did. But yet like the next day I'm ready to go with my celery juice and I just hydrate I drink my solely water um, and I just focus on getting in sleep and that's exactly what I tell them to do. Um, I, I suggest not eating any processed foods just because in the same sense that like your body will crave what you give it, it'll also like I think crave what you forbid. So it's like a, a it's a weird balance with that. But um, I just I think it, it is best. It'll make you feel better anyway if you just eat whole foods, especially vegetables and protein. Like I think that is the best way to cleanse. And you really do. If if you eat like that for three or four days, like you feel rejuvenated. Like you definitely aren't gonna feel like shit anymore. Um, it's just impossible because you've been eating healthy foods. Yeah, that's like a whole thing in and of itself, right? What you mentioned it earlier too is like uh, the whole concept of having a wagon in the first place where like, you know, what exactly is the wagon? Yeah, um, I just my wagon a long time ago. Yeah, right? I think because I think... I've been off it for a long time now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you might have this perfect picture in your head of how you know, what, what that wagon looks like for you. Like when you're doing the, a list of like 10 different things, you feel like, 
oh, this is perfect. I'm operating yeah. at perfection right now. I'm, I'm on the wagon. But I think what that does is it makes it more intimidating to get back on when you're off it completely, you know, or yeah, when you're, when you're off it in a way and, and you know, in your head that like, this is my ideal or this is my wagon, it can be very intimidating to, um, you know, get back in the swim, swing of things or do it in a way that's kind of sustainable, like you're talking about, which is like, yeah, there is no wagon. It's just, you know, what habits are kind of like ingrained for you and what things to kind of uh, get back to in order to get back to that ideal point. Um, but there's no, I think a lot of it seems like such a mental game, right? Of, of like being able to reframe um, the whole concept of the wagon, right? And, and how that looks for each person. Yeah, definitely. You just froze up on me a little bit, actually. But um, the last thing I heard you said, the concept is different for each person. Oh, yeah. Uh, like the concept of what, what is each person's wagon, you know, because I, I think I've dealt with clients for sure that are six days on, you know, they will be extremely diligent, like with every little thing that you can think of, um, to the point of, like I said, almost perfection, perfection. right? Um, and then the seventh day is just like a day to let yourself loose and go all out. But it's like, you know, why do you, um, it's, it's almost that. like, yeah, why do you need that? And, and you almost don't trust yourself enough to, um, to kind of like, yeah, there, I think there's something there with like being able to trust yourself, you know, um, that like, you're going to, uh, like, Hey, if I don't do it perfectly like this, that all or nothing mentality, if I don't do it perfectly ah. like this, I'm not going to be able to, you know, hang on to it. And I think that is something that really, um, I don't know, it can, it can get in the way a lot of times in terms of like, I think the fulfillment people get out of this whole thing, right? Because at the end of the day, all this coming together, it should turn into something that becomes fulfilling for you and, and, and kind of improves the quality of your day to day. Um, and if you're wired all the time about like, being perfect and having, you know, being on that wagon that you've kind of created for yourself, um, I don't know, it, it, it's not fun, you know, and, and it makes it less likely for you to continue to keep it a part of your life, you know? Yeah, I and it's tough to say, like, I think everybody's reasoning is different. But that idealism of like, okay, this is me being perfect. And here's me falling off the wagon. Like, I just think that if you, if you make decisions that just make you feel good, that you know, if you eat how you want to feel and not in terms of like, um, eat to feel like eat how you want to feel, you know, you'll be okay. And listen, I think that honestly, like bring it back to the basics here. Like listen to your body. Like you can have what you want if you're, especially if you're one of those people who are so regimented six days out of the week, if you want to have something, you're having a craving, absolutely go for it. But just listen to your body. Don't eat more than you're hungry for. Like, and you know, if there is something going on, then being recognizing it, being aware of it is definitely helpful. But like knowing that it's also okay to have those times. And with it, when it comes with trusting yourself, you just have to, I think if you just listen to like what's going on inside and like, you know, 
that builds enough trust and saying, okay, well, I'm not going to track anything here. I'm not going to worry about what food source is what. I'm just going to listen to my body and when I'm stop and when I'm um when I'm no longer hungry, I'll just stop eating. But it's so hard for us to do. But if you like just keep that thought in your head when you know like I know I'm going to have some stuff right now that I normally wouldn't. So if you just keep that thought, then I think you'll be okay and you'll get right back on the wagon. Yeah, uh speaking of that, right? The whole um kind of like talking about the concept of hunger what do you how do you uh suggest that people pay attention to like hunger cues and and knowing you know when enough is enough you know like how do you um yeah do you have any frameworks or any tips on how to kind of deal with that well i mean when it comes to like the macros if that's why like i think everybody should at least for some time experiment with tracking their macronutrients and logging their food so they can understand like what the nutritional value is of food because now it's like I know if if I eat I don't know um like a donut I'm like that's like I know how much fat is in there but it's like I know I can probably have one donut and I might I'm probably still gonna be hungry that doesn't mean I'm gonna eat three more but having that in the thought in the um, back of my head knowing like I know what that content this has, like having that education, I think, and that's what I try to teach my clients is very helpful. Like that's your template is your, your normal macros or whatever, or just listening to, I think like, um, if, if pay attention, like, have you drank water? Are you still hungry? Like, like you said, did you sleep enough last night? Like, that's how, you know, if you're truly hungry, if your stomach is, is growling and you feel like, you know, I need to fuel my, myself, like I'm low on energy, then you're hungry. But if it's sudden and it's just like you're in the mix of things and all of a sudden something, you know, your eyes get bigger than your stomach and then you're like, Ooh, look at that over there. And then before you know, I like cookies before you can get to the register. I do it. I do. I'm, I'm guilty of it. But, um, like on a regular basis, just if I don't track something, which I really don't track every single meal, like I, I, track for the majority of like I measure for the majority of the day I've just been doing it for so long but um like I know (laughs) when I've eaten more than I'm hungry for or eaten something that's just there and available because I'm so hungry and and you have that because of uh the consistency you've kind of built with doing all of this stuff like you've kind of put the reps in to the point where now you you like you said it's out of habit that you might be tracking some things but like you technically could eyeball certain things and have an idea of of what you know what it contains um same thing with the donut like i think it's just uh it sounds like it's just the overall awareness of oh this is actually right yeah like it there's just it's there's just a little more specificity to it i mean i i would kind of compare it to like uh tracking sleep you know like there's so many wearables and stuff like that out there now and and i think if you have like uh an apple watch or something like that you can get apps that track your sleep too and there's there's something there's something that happens when you start to track your sleep and see the different things that are kind of going on like whether it's your heart rate that's coming up and down or the actual hours of sleep you got versus the time you were in bed or the deep sleep whatever everything um i think it's just the concept of you seeing all these different numbers and seeing uh like it's a little more real now versus just like oh yeah i got i think i got seven hours or seven and a half hours of sleep last night um so so subconsciously i think that also helps you start to make changes a little more seamlessly because there's just something I think going on in your brain that's like 
there's the it's bringing it into awareness like okay this is kind of what's going on and if you're somebody who it's just a little bit easier to kind of inch towards what the ideal or optimal situation might be um so i'm totally with you on that i think uh it's a valuable experience to be able to put yourself through some type of tracking for some period of time just to gain kind of awareness and education and then i think it's like a tool that you can kind of keep with you for a long time to come yeah do you still track regularly are you like very on board with tracking consistently still uh i mean i guess with my protein that's the one thing that i'm like i do track yeah yeah you want to know not enough yeah yeah um and it's something that i'll come back to like um yeah i mean right now I'm not as much, but I was for a while consistently just because it's like, like you said, it was just there. It's like the scale is there. It's just, it was a part of kind of my meal prep or my rhythm. Um, And then you start to be able to eyeball certain things. You're like, okay, I know that this is around five grams, you know, five grams, six grams of of protein or whatever, right? Um, Or not five grams, um, five ounces of protein or whatever. Um, Right. And, uh, and, and then it's like, okay, now let's say that you started getting some new cut of meat, right? Like, I don't know, you just started eating elk or like bison or something like that. Uh, and, and now it's like, okay, maybe time to bring back out the scale, gain an awareness for where you kind of are at with things. And then, then you can kind of phase out of it when you feel necessary. But, um, for me personally, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's more so the protein, the other stuff I have, I think a little bit more wiggle room with. Um, but I have done kind of like more detailed type of, you know, tracking. And, uh, like I said, for me, it was the same experience as kind of tracking your sleep, you know, where you just kind of see all this stuff laid out in front of you and you're like, Oh, okay. So this is what's happening, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's a, I liked what you said about like, if you get like, you know, if you pick up something new, like some new food source or something, you might, like I I do, I actually didn't even notice that I do that. Um, because if I do buy something new, I always like measure it out and I just really like look into the calorie content or whatever it is. Um, if I'm eating something that I normally don't, um, or that hasn't been in my like repertoire for a while, I'll usually measure and then track it just to see like how it would fit in. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, like I think uh, it's definitely – it's also super beneficial to be able to be like um, – I know that – well, I know that I get super hungry if I haven't slept enough. So if you were tracking your sleep, my roommate actually, she just got a, a Fitbit. And it's amazing to see like – and she notices it in herself like what her day feels like and how she feels like hunger-wise when she's had like a bad night of sleep. Um, so that's definitely super helpful helpful make you more conscious of I might feel like I'm really hungry right now but I'm just tired and I should just continue to you know eat my healthy food and not binge on a donut or whatever right. just because I'm tired but it's so easy to do that because your body I think just wants to like make up for the lack of sleep that you got yeah, no, I, I think um, it sounds like kind of the theme, right, uh, overall with all of this is like bringing all these different pieces kind of into awareness. And once you have that, only then can you kind of figure out how to maneuver around it. Um, earlier, I think what I was kind of referring to um, w- was like when you, okay, when you have a clear picture as to like, 
you're working with a client and you see, okay, these are all the different situations or events or times that have really kind of triggered this for you. Um, do you, do you like, do you use that information to almost kind of like, I don't know, plan for the future, you know, like, Hey, uh, this whole, you know, next time you have a fight with your boyfriend or whatever. And yeah. you know what I mean? Like, um, how do you, is that something that you, um, do? And, and do you think that that's been helpful for clients to kind of like almost visually run through that a little bit and be like, okay, this is kind of like practice for when it happens. What are we going to kind of, uh, how are we going to approach it next time? Right. I think the key is just like being prepared for it. Cause it's like, all right, we've identified your trigger. Like, Every time you yeah get into a fight with your boyfriend or whatever you get um, you get sad and then you um, eat whatever and noticing that it's like well you've got to have something in place that works every client's different too like it depends on the client really um, you've got to have something that give them something else to do like I said stay occupied instead of turning to food like and even if it's healthy food too I've known my clients to be like well. Technically, like technically, they might have still like emotionally ate, but it's like I just overate half a bag of cashews. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. that's okay. It's better, but how much better is it? And like, um, having like I think just not getting them to realize that you're, you know, either you are or you aren't turning towards food when these events happen, whether it's healthy or it's unhealthy. Do something else, and it depends on the client. Like I might tell, um, you know. Jane to go stretch and then I might tell um, Jamie to go um, outside for a walk like it depends on what I think they will really respond best to like so, for some people like taking that deep breath and like the whole meditation thing is like not something that they're like open to mm -hmm. and that's okay um, but um, I think that's definitely like I love to do yoga like stuff like that um, stretching that always relaxes me um, or I'll like just read and like that helps me too and I'll tell sometimes I'll tell my client like listen to a podcast or um, read this article or look at this document that I gave you and refer to this so it really depends on the on the person yeah I think uh, that's cool it's it, yeah of course there's some customization there for sure around like how do you how do you make it the the most seamless as possible in order that like you're going to be able to actually do it and and at the same time then I'm sure there's some uh you know trial and error there too right where you're like okay right. did it work how did we feel from doing that and and just continually kind of gathering some more information gathering more data as you keep trying this stuff yeah, because like you can't, I mean, you can't reprogram yourself overnight. It's not like, oh, we've identified the trigger and this is what we're going to do and it's going to work every single time. Like, I think your emotions, honestly, they're so powerful that like they, they take over your willpower and everything to even sometimes put those systems in place with clients that are really struggling. And those are the ones that like need you the most, obviously. So sometimes, yeah, like honestly, it is trial and error and figuring out and it takes time. I think it's just like, being, you know, if it happens time and time again, just being more aware each time and then slowly working on improving it um, because it's never just black and white, like, oh, you're fixed now. Totally, yeah. I think um, something that keeps coming up for me as we're talking about this is uh, Dr. Megan Caden talks about labeling emotions all the time. And it's such a valuable practice, I think, because, I mean, I do it for myself too. And there's been times where I've like not done it. And every time I 
come back to it, I'm like, it's one of those things where like, yeah, why don't I do this all the time? You know, and there's something about um, being able to label an emotion honestly with yourself like it doesn't I mean it can be with other people too if you want right but like even just admitting it to yourself that has an impact on Wait. um oh did I cut out there yeah oh sorry uh what was I saying oh the yeah so Dr. Megan Kane talks about labeling emotions right and basically it's like every every emotion you can think of can sometimes be kind of put into a certain bucket of like, let's say sadness, right? Fear, uh, surprise, um, happiness. Like, so then you've got variations of that, right? Like if you're feeling a little bit uh, annoyed, right? Or frustrated, it's like that might go in the angry bucket, even though you might not be like, oh, I'm really angry right now, right? It's like, that's the bigger bucket. So if you can figure out a way to be honest with yourself around like, hey, um, I don't know, you come home, from a long day of work and you're really tired and you know maybe there's an event that happens maybe there's not but like kind of going through it in your head like how am I feeling right now and then being able to identify that like which which emotion is it um there there's like I mean I'm not smart enough to cite all the research behind it but there's research behind it that that helps kind of diffuse uh I don't want to say diffuse maybe that's not the right word but like let's say each yeah, I, I, I feel like I get what you're trying to say because like um like if you're like even if you just like look at a list of emotions, you're like, okay, I'm not feeling I'm not mad. I'm actually um like like I'm uh, like you said, irritated or something. Yeah, exactly. And if you so each feeling, right, has has a wave that it has it has to kind of go through and no one feeling ever go, like that wave doesn't last forever. At some point it starts to come down and kind of fizzles out a little bit right so if you can label the emotion the wave of that will be able to kind of uh i don't know uh you'll be able to come to kind of the end of that wave a little bit faster so um you know maybe this comes back to like the journaling or or noting down kind of like oh i was feeling irritated like get specific with some of these emotions and you can you can look up kind of a list of you know all the different emotions out there but it's like it's kind of connecting with that with yourself because a lot of times uh it can be very easy to kind of shrug it off you know especially if you're kind of like somebody who's has a very positive mindset or is very mentally tough it it can be like i i sometimes find that those people are the ones that will will brush off kind of like the stuff that's coming up emotionally, right? Which is like, oh, yeah, I'm really pissed right now, but you know what? It's not a big deal. And you kind of like suppress it almost. And then that stuff can definitely manifest itself in different ways, whether it's the emotional eating or I don't know, uh, in in other forms. So I think it's um, a, a big chunk of this comes back to like being more connected with yourself than you might think you already are. Right, yeah, um, and that comes back to like I think yeah, listening to your body or not like because we I think we think so many things subconsciously that we don't realize, and I know you and I are such big fans of journaling, <laughs> um, because otherwise you just you just don't even realize it. You don't think of it, um, but when you sit down or when you just like take a second to think about that, like like how am I feeling? It you get more honest with yourself and, and, um, I think it will help bring awareness to 
what you're doing, like what your response is to when you're feeling that type of way, whatever it is. Yes, exactly. And then the more repetition you have with that, it's like it becomes easier and easier to identify it. It's not like you're not going to feel those emotions anymore, but it becomes easier right. to identify it, which then makes this whole other process that we're talking about um, a little bit easier to navigate as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think I think if anybody's going to take anything away from this, it's like when you fall off the wagon, ask yourself what's going on, you know, like what, what event, how are you feeling, like what's happening in your life? And then to just bounce back, just hydrate, sleep, protein, veggies, simple, celery juice, that all that stuff. And I think that like the quicker you get back on, even if you're like, even if it's that much harder, like the better you're going to feel. So it's just knowing that you're going to, you're going to, you know, get right back on track with your normal habits, your normal eating habits, your no normal schedule. And, and letting that, that, that event of falling off the wagon just turn into a downward, downward spiral, spiral. Can talk right now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You cut out there the last little bit, but I heard that last part of downward spiral. Yeah. Um, basically, so yeah, you kind of recap for us what, what, um, you know, we can have people take away from this one. Um, and I think I, I like what you said around the, the different tasks, right? You mentioned it earlier too, but it's like, Hey, hydrate, get your protein in and, and basically keep it simple because the easy, the right. simpler, it, <laughs> yeah. Cause like the simpler that it can be, the more likely you are to be able to get it done. And then I think it's like a mental win right? It's like, okay, I'm okay. Like when you can get in enough water, it's almost like, okay, check that off the box, right? Versus like it being this whole elaborate plan of getting, you know, uh, back on the wagon uh, and, and then not being able to do that. I think that that's going to make it uh, a little bit harder to kind of get back on track to where you want. So um, I love it. Is there anything else on this topic that you want to dig into or leave people with? Um, I think we, we definitely covered a lot, but, um, I think just remember to, if you're someone who does this often, or you know, somebody that does it often, just remember to not feel guilty, just move on. Like it's, there's another, you know, tomorrow's another day. Like just don't dwell on whatever it is that led you into that and just pick yourself back up, move on, forget about it, start over but don't overcomplicate the process. Yes, 100%. Um, yeah, and if you have any follow-ups to this one, um, don't hesitate to reach out. You can DM us on Instagram or shoot us an email, info at airbornemind.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, see you guys next time. Yeah.